Broadcasting from our studio in West Hollywood, hello and welcome to Oops, I Innovated, a podcast series celebrating those who have changed things in unique ways. I'm Jean Grabo, Managing Partner at Daily. Follow us on Twitter at DailyLA, on Instagram at Daily underscore LA, and like us on Facebook. Today I'm talking to Stephen T. Siegel, a writer, producer, and founding partner of Man of Action Entertainment. Known for creating the international animation franchise Ben 10, the team and characters for Disney's Big Hero 6, Cartoon Network's cult favorite show, Generator Rex, and Marvel Animation's Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Ensemble. His latest graphic novel for kids is Camp Midnight, and for adults is a collection of graphic essays called Get Naked, about the global acceptance of nudity not embraced in the USA. So, hi Steve, thanks for joining us. We're excited you're here. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So, as you know, the title of our series is called Oops, I Innovated, and of course, immediately I thought of you. (laughs) (laughs) Just because my entire career has been nothing but accidents that turned out well? Pretty much. So, um, I thought maybe you could start out by talking about Big Hero 6, because that was a story that really stood out in in my mind, but I know there's many more, and just kind of how that came to be. Uh, Sure. So I am a writer and I've written for a long time for a bunch of what are considered kids mediums, comic books, animation. I'm kind of doing some TV and film stuff now, but I fell into accidentally the kids space when my company, Man of Action Entertainment, uh, accidentally created Ben 10, which might be an oops we talk about in a moment. (laughs) But before that, I was working for Marvel Comics and DC Comics. DC's the Superman Wonder Woman Company. Marvel's the Spider-Man Avengers Company. And I was working for both at the same time, which is not so much done anymore. And I was on their top book at Marvel, which was Uncanny X-Men. And then I was on a book called Alpha Flight, which is the Canadian version of the X-Men that no one much cares about. (laughs) But they held a special place in my heart because when I was a kid, the Alpha Flight team, the Canadian X-Men, attacked the X-Men in the comic books. And I was like, who are these Canadians and why are they attacking the X-Men and how cool is this? <laughs> and you know, when you get older, you're like, oh yeah, Canada would never attack the US, that's kind of bizarre. <laughs> so years later when I was doing a comic book that was the Alpha Flight team, the Canadian X-Men, I was working with my buddy Duncan, who is also in my man of action company. He is an artist and he can write and draw and I can only write, kind of. And uh, the book was not doing well. It was going to be canceled at some point. We didn't know when, sales were not great. And so we were just having fun and no one was paying attention to the book because it was under everybody's radar. So we were kind of getting away with just whatever we wanted to do. And Marvel Comics was very dark at the time. Everybody had problems and everything was grim and gritty and the costumes were getting darker and darker and the heroes were getting less heroic and more villainous. And so I said to Duncan, I was like, you know what I loved? I loved when the Canadians came and attacked the X-Men. So since we're doing the Canadian X-Men, who would come and attack them if we just did the same kind of story now? And Duncan jokingly said, well, not Japan uh, as just a random non sequitur. And I was like, oh, God, right. Not Japan. Let's do Japan. Let's have Japan's X-Men come attack Canada's X-Men. and It won't make any sense and we'll have a blast. Uh, So we started hatching this plan. And Duncan and I both love kind of just Japanese pop culture and genre stuff. So we just started making up a team that kind of represented all these tropes that we loved, like a boy and his robot which became Hero and Baymax. Uh, You know, I'm very into Japanese stationary sets, which I don't know if you've had the pleasure. Have you ever made it down to Japantown to the Japanese stationary stores? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's like it's a set of note cards and it'll have like a picture of a hamburger with legs and a cowboy hat (laughs) and a text that was as if somebody translated something from English to Japanese and then back to English again and then back to Japanese and back to English, all using only Google Translate. So the caption will be, you know, like, 
five-star hamburger weekend, yes. You know, and you're just like, what does that mean? Uh, so we, we named our hero team Big Hero 6 because we thought, well, they're heroes, so we'll put that right in it. It's literal. And there's a giant robot, so big, uh, and there's six of them, so literal. And we just thought it was the silliest name. And the real secret to all of this ramble was when you make stuff up for Marvel, at least from my point of view, you want to make up something they can't really exploit because you're not going to own it. The big companies, they own everything you think of. So we said, let's make this team so silly and so goofy that they just can never use them again. And again, Marvel was very dark, so we made them very bright. You know, we made up a a character called Honey Lemon, where we just sat and randomly put two words together. You know, Worcestershire Cowboy, uh, Granite, Frecklehead. We did that for hours and then finally came up to Honey Lemon as her name. And then the boy and his robot, the robot I named after my favorite Japanese drum and bugle corps, the Baymax from Japan, just so that they would know someone loved them because I wasn't sure that they knew that at the time. Uh, And it was all just this, you know, having fun, making goofy stuff up. We made this team and we sent in our script knowing that we were below the radar and nobody would pay attention. And oops, uh, immediately we got a call going, we love this team. We want to do their own series. When can you start? <laughs> oh, that's so We're great. like, no, it's supposed to just be a one-off. Oh, so then what? So you wrote the series? Nope. Had no time. No. So uh, I was doing four books a month. Duncan was drawing a book a month. And so what we did was we made up a series Bible for the team. Uh, just kind of did a world build for them and said, here's everything we know about these goofy characters. We don't have time. And so it was handed off to other people who, though lovely people, didn't quite have the the spirit of it in their hearts the way we did. And so the series were fine, but they didn't really do what we wanted to do with it. So the funny thing is, years later, when this movie came up, Big Hero 6, we were working for Disney and Marvel on their animated shows. And we were doing Ultimate Spider-Man. And the Marvel people said, well, listen, the villains are kind of owned by Sony right now. We can't really use those. We have to use other Marvel characters for Spider-Man to go up against. And that kind of got groans in the room of, oh, we want to do all the villains. And so they're like, you just have to think of other Marvel characters. And so Duncan, my collaborator, said, can we use Big Hero 6 as a smartass, assuming the answer would be no, because it's too unknown for anyone to even recognize. And the room went dead silent. And the Marvel guy's like, what do you know about that? And I said, well, we created that. And they're like, meet us in the hallway. <laughs> What's, what have we done? So we got in the hallway. They're like, you do know about the movie, right? We're like... Well, we do now, I guess. What, what are you talking about? And so then they said, oh, we're doing this big movie. It's two years into production. And then they found out. They're like, well, how do you know about it? We're like, since we made it up, that's how we know about it. And at that point, then Disney was very nice. And they brought us in and they showed us what they were doing. And they're like, oh, you're going to be so mad because we had to change a lot of stuff from the comic books. And we're like, we only did one comic book and we didn't do the rest of it. Uh, and so they started going through what they changed. And we're like, nope, that's how it was. That's how it was. Nope, we liked that better. So it kind of worked out really well. And we'd even brought the original drawings that Duncan had done for the team. And they were eerily similar to what Disney redeveloped over the time that they were looking at all this stuff and going back. That's great. Did they have access to any of those materials? They certainly did. I don't know if they got them or not. Mm -hmm. Like Marvel had all of our stuff, but it's hard to say. You know, Disney has its own very long process. They flew everybody to Japan when they're like, we're doing a Japanese superhero team. We just sit in a garage in Pasadena and look at the internet and go, that looks Japanese. So (laughs) very different work methods. Oh, that's so great. So how did it feel when you heard that they were making a movie out of that? Like, it's incredible to think that a Disney thing is based off of something that we cranked out in a Pasadena garage over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Because usually Disney is like a grim fairy tale or it's like this timeless, ageless stuff. 
Uh, there's not very much of it that's based on a modern IP. And in fact, giving us credit was a bit of a, huh, we don't do that. People we do stuff on are dead guys. But they did. And so it was weird to be part of a, a modern thing that kind of makes its way into Disney, but mm-hmm. also a, a big honor because they do great work. And that movie was super fun, even though there was a rack of crying eight-year-olds in front of us at the premiere. But they cheered <laughs> by the end. So it was all right. Good. Yeah, I think it's a testament to them You know, that they tried something different. And hopefully they'll continue to do that because I think that's what the entertainment industry, the the mainstream one, needs to be doing more of. Totally agree. But also, I think, you know, when the Man of Action guys and I, when we make stuff up, we always start with thematic core and what's important to the character and what is their mission, what are they after. And this idea of Hero, the kind of young lead, in our version, it was his dad who died. And so he built a new dad. He replaced his family with his ingenuity. In the movie, it's his brother instead. But that's such a primal kind of loss of parents course rate is a grim fairy tale in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's, that's why it resonated for him. And I think when you make creative stuff, I think a lot of times people just stack up building blocks of plot. And I think we're always trying to go, what does it mean to people? And how does it resonate with people? And why will you care about it five minutes later? So right. I like to think they picked up on that. Yeah, a great story. So tell us a little bit about your company, Man of Action Entertainment. Oops, we formed a company. <laughs> How did that come about? Uh, another accident, uh, like everything I've done. We So that's, it's myself, Joe Kelly, Joe Casey, Duncan Rulo, and we all were working at Marvel on these X-Men comics. And so they'd have these big story conferences that you would go to where you'd break a year's worth of, of comic book stories. And they're very frustrating because it's a room full of people with contradicting ideas, and you've got to come to consensus, and it's very hard to sell the suits versus you know the advertising department and the TV and film people and the marketing, the merchandising, and the editors. It's just a lot to negotiate. But the four of us found that we would quickly gravitate to the ideas that we thought were cool, even though we have very different sensibilities. And so that seemed to be a thing. And we were like, well, this is really fun. It's too bad we have to do it in this pressure cooker at Marvel. And then one at a time, the guys all moved over to DC and the Superman books, same kind of deal, same kind of sometimes nightmare scenario trying to put stuff together, but the same kind of, oh, we all like the same sort of stuff. And so Joe Kelly, I think it was, said, oh, we should do this as a process, but not for them. We should do it for us. So we thought about it, but didn't quite get to it. And at the same time, the San Diego Comic-Con was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more untenable. And I had the idea of that it would be fun, instead of walking around the San Diego Comic-Con, to sit down and let it walk around you. So we thought, oh, let's do that. Let's get a booth and just watch the con go by. Mm. And so we did. Uh, and the, the con was like, oh, you have to have a company. Uh, what's your company name? And so Joe Kelly's like, man of action. We had no company. We just had a name. And so we sat at this booth. And somebody walked up and they're like, man of action, what do you guys do? And I'm like, well, we're writers. They're like, oh, do you write films? And we're like, yes, even though we'd not really uh, done much of that. And they hired us to write some films. And then the next year we did the same thing. And somebody walked up and they're like, man of action, what do you guys write? And we're like, films? And they're like, do you do video games? And we're like, yes, <laughs> uh, even though we hadn't done video games. So they hired us to write X-Men Legends video game and uh, a couple of other things. The third year, our buddy Matt Senreich, who's one of the robot chicken guys uh, who'd known us from Wizard Magazine when he worked there when we were on the X-Men books, came up to us like, guys, guys, Cartoon Network wants us to do a boys action cartoon, but we don't really do that. You guys do that, right? And we're like, yes. And so that's how we got into Cartoon Network to pitch. They told us they wanted to do Fantastic Four for boys. And we're like, that's boys don't want that. Let us give you what boys might actually want based on what you're talking about. And so we famously pitched them 20 shows in 20 minutes. 60 seconds of pitch. We rang a bell. No matter where we were in the pitch, we just stopped and moved on to the next one. Pitch number eight was Ben 10. They bought it in the room. And now it's a multi-billion dollar international thing. And we had zero intention of ever working in animation. (laughs) Now we do nothing but. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) 
Okay. That's great. It's a great story. What are you working on right now? Uh, so a lot. So our company is still just the four guys. We have two mostly full-time writers with us and then a stable of about 55 freelance writers. And so we can staff up a show very quickly. We can push through a season very quickly. We can do multiple shows, which a lot of kind of writing partnerships can't do. So primarily we're an IP generation company. We think things up. Sometimes it's our own things. Sometimes people come to us like we're doing a new Mega Man cartoon for Cartoon Network. And the rights holders for Mega Man said, we want to redo Mega Man. What do we do? And we said, we start over. We take everything you love. We make sure that's in there. We build everything that's missing. And we'll give you an entire world. And from that, we'll cut a show out. Uh, so that's kind of how we go about things. So we're doing this Mega Man show. We have Ben 10, which is entering its whatever season. It's been on for 10 or 12 years. And we executive produce that. We run the writing for that. We have three other shows. I don't know what I'm allowed to say about these. Let me think about this for a second. Uh, one is a French co-production with Zagtoon, which did a show called Miraculous Ladybug that's gorgeous. We're doing a new show with them, which luckily I don't, the title keeps changing. So I not only can't I tell you the title, it doesn't have a title today because <laughs> uh, it just keeps getting jettisoned. Uh, but it's going to be one of the best looking shows that's ever been on television, animation wise. Can't believe it. it looks like a feature film for TV. And then we have a co-production with a Japanese company that has not been announced yet. Uh, and then we have another co-production with a different Japanese production company that hasn't been announced yet. So that's our kind of animated stable. Then we just had a feature film come out called I Kill Giants, which is based on one of the guys' graphic novel. Uh, Joe Kelly and Ken Nomura did that. We have seven more animated shows that are just in various stages of production with some companies that we love in Denmark and elsewhere. We have six live-action hour drama pilots in various stages of things and two more feature film projects that are not announced yet. So when do you guys sleep? Uh, I'm sleeping right now, <laughs> which is why I'm talking so quickly and not making much sense. Okay, good. That's good to know. You're, you're a multitasker. <laughs> you also mentioned graphic novels. I know you've written quite a few, and I think your most recent one is, is Get Naked, right? Get Naked. It's a command, an edict, and a lifestyle choice. Uh, <laughs> For somebody who spent their entire life uh, making sure I never got naked anywhere for any reason. So, yeah, so graphic novels, also an oops, I have to say, because I got into comic books because of my buddy Eric Coppish in high school, who loved them, uh, and junior high school, would walk to the store every week to buy comics, and I'd have to go with him, and I didn't like comics, and I would eventually, after a couple of years, I started buying the ones he didn't buy just so I'd have something to talk about on the mile-long walk back, <laughs> and then I hated them. So I would just say, oh, so stupid. Oh, it's so badly written. It's a dumb story. Uh, I could have written a better story. And at some point he was like, then do it because I'm really sick of you complaining about these things I love. And I think by that point, I probably kind of loved them but didn't want to admit it. But I sent in a proposal for a comic book series and it got bought. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of good news, bad news, because it turns out I don't know anything about writing comics or writing in general. I was still in college, which is where you mm -hmm. and I met. And so I had to, in my dorm room, learn to write a comic, find an artist on campus, produce the comic do all the production on the comic, letter the comic, which is its own skill that I never learned, but I still did it, did the logos for the comic, did the advertising for the comic. Luckily, we're majoring in advertising, so that was a little easier. Uh, got one of our teachers to give me independent credit for making the ads for my comic, and thus got out of a class for a semester. So that was smart. Oh, I wish uh, I'd known. But it was just, it was all <laughs> learn as you go, because the publisher had an opening, and she just said, if you can get this book to me in 40 days, and then all the other issues 30 days after each month, I'll publish it. I did that somehow. I don't think I could do that now, 
Um, but just that kind of young, stupid, you know, blind, I know I'll get this done and we got it done. Right. And then it got nominated for an Eisner Award, which is like the comic book Oscars against Watchmen, which I voted for because uh, oh it was gosh. better. Uh, so, <laughs> and this oops. all while you were spending weekends at forensics. Speech team. I was speech a speech team. and debate geek. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how that book got done. A lot of it is Stefano Gaudiano, the artist who had the the really difficult task of drawing a page a day while being in school. Yeah. Uh, he now inks the Walking Dead comics. So I guess things turned out okay for him. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. But yeah, it, it, uh, it was another oops. And then that led to other jobs. And now I still do comic books that I publish through Image, like Get Naked. Uh, <laughs> and my oops there is just that I, I intentionally oops my comics these days. I'm looking at what comics do and going, what else could they do instead of that? Mm-hmm. So that, for example, is a book of 19 essays. And I love essays. I love David Sedaris, you know, kind of comedic essays. I liked Spalding Gray when he was a monologist. And so I just thought, can comics do that? And so I wrote these 19 essays about kind of global attitudes about getting naked and being naked and the taboos and the U.S. versus the world. And then I just handed them off to 19 international artists and said, good luck. I don't know what a graphic essay is, so I hope you do. (laughs) And they did. It turned out really well. Wow. That's amazing. We could go on forever talking about all <laughs> forever. Your, yeah. That would be a long podcast. Forever talking about all your work, but I'm not going to keep you here locked in this booth forever. So this booth is the nicest place <laughs> I've been all week. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for and, having me. Um, is there anything else you want to like that you're working on that you want to tell us about or talk about? Uh... All of the above. You know, I'd love to tell you about it. I wish I could tell you about it. I have some very big things. We'll have to do another podcast yeah, yeah. in eight months when my NDAs are no longer holding me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean things that are out, <laughs> out and about that you want to let people know about. Camp Midnight. If you have kids, buy Camp Midnight. Oh, yes. Camp with Midnight. Jason Katzenstein. It's a cute little all-ages, 240-page graphic novel. And we're working on the sequel, which will come out next year. It is. It's awesome. My kids loved it. Yay. <laughs> well, thanks, Stephen, for joining us. Thank you. And we'll see you on the hiking trails. Oh, I guess. (laughs) This has been Oops, I Innovated, a podcast series celebrating those who have changed things in unique ways. This has been a part of Daily's 50th anniversary celebration. Follow us on Twitter at DailyLA, on Instagram at Daily underscore LA, and like us on Facebook. Thanks for joining. We'll see you soon.